Welcome all you God lovers around the globe today. Uh, today I'd like us to step back in time and just review some questions that I know you've had on your mind, I know I've had on mine over the years. Um, and that question is, what if? What if I'd have done this differently? What if I'd have done that differently? What if I would have done things, uh, taken those chances when I, I knew um, it, was, it was a good uh, opportunity to step out and, and really create something in my life? But yet maybe I, out of fear or out of doubt and, uh, uh, and disbelief, I didn't pursue it. So I just want to talk about the what ifs. Um, so I, I want to start back in 1492, when a certain explorer asked the question, what if the world was not flat, but was instead round? Then in 1899, two brothers asked this question, what if a man could fly like a bird? Then in 1903, the Wright brothers accomplished flight. Um, what if? What if we could build a machine that could process information like our brain? The first mechanical computer, uh, the Babbage different, Difference Engine, um, it was designed by Charles Babbage in uh, 1822. And um, then we saw that in um, 1942 out of Iowa uh, State College or Iowa State University, um, a young professor and a and a uh, graduate student uh, created what is known today as the ABC was the basis for the uh, modern computer we use today. And then we say, what if, what if we could walk on the moon? On July 20th, 1969, American astronaut Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first humans ever to land on the moon. And then we had the question, what if we had a vehicle that could ride like a horse, yet not get tired, never get tired. Most historians agree uh, that uh, this gentleman out of France, uh, his last name is C-U-G-N-O-T, Gannot, um, was the uh, constructor of the first true automobile. His vehicle was a huge, heavy, steam-powered tricycle, and his, and, uh, his model of 1769 was said to have run for 20 minutes at two and a half miles uh, an hour while carrying four people with steam. Um, it could go again after it was recharged with steam for about 20, after about 20 minutes. Um, what if we could capture the power of lightning? Um, an Italian physicist named uh, Volta discovered that a particular chemical reaction could produce electricity. And in 1800, he constructed the voltage pile, an early electric battery that produced a steady electric current. And so he was the first person to create a steady flow of electrical charge. So we asked the question then, what if we could make light? The story of the light bulb begins long before Edison patented the first commercial, uh, commercially successful bulb in 1879. In 1800, that same Italian inventor, Volta, developed the first practical method of, to engineer um, 
and generate electricity, the Volte pile, made of alternating discs of zinc and copper, which we read about. But what he also did was, when he connected the two together with copper wire uh, between the the um, uh, cop between the two elements, zinc and copper, he wound up producing light. Uh, it was also one of the earliest manifesta manifestations of incandescent lighting. So then we say, but what if we could communicate with one another a thousand miles away using sound waves? Well, two, two men. One you're, you've heard a lot about, one named Tesla, and the other, Marconi, in the late 1800s, had the vision to do just that. Marconi had uh, taken out the first wireless telephony patent in England in 1896. His device had only two circuits, was a, only a two-circuit system, which some said could not transmit across the pond. Later, Marconi set up long-distance demonstrations using a Tesla oscillator to transmit the signal across the English Channel. What if, what if, what if? We've all asked that question, looking back. These two simple words have changed man's future time and time again. Every invention, every dream starts with the seeds of these two words, what if? How wonderfully made is the human mind. There's no other creature, creation or creature on earth uh, nor has there ever been on the face of the earth a creature that has the creative ability like the mind of man. In Psalms 139, uh, the Lord said this, uh, starting in verse 13, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been re remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before the single one of them. That was David saying, talking to, to his Lord, his God, about how wonderfully created man is. There are those that choose to believe that man is just some amoeba, that crawled out of a swamp several million years ago and is the only creature to evolve to the level of creative comprehension. Is it not amazing that of all the millions of species of life on this earth, only one would evolve to have the ability to think and create the human being? The simple truth and good news is you and I are not an accident of nature. You and I are the intelligent design of superior thought and creative genius. I believe you and I and all this created world and universe are the results of God asking, what if? What if I created a people that I could call my own? What if I created a world for them to rule over and reign? What if I created birds for them to marvel at their majestic flight? What if I created millions of different colored fish to fascinate uh, their imaginations? What if I created a universe that they could gaze out upon the sun, the moon, the stars, and think of how vast it is, and yet how small it is in, when compared to me? With all that God then said in Genesis 1, 26. 
Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Because we are made, fashioned in the image or exact likeness of God, we have the ability to accomplish what he told us to do. Be fruitful, multiply in every area of life. Most people believe that this command only pertains to reproduction of the human race. It is this deceptive narrow thinking that limits our understanding of this command from God. This command goes far beyond human reproduction in that he also said we are to subdue, bring into subjection the earth. This is the Hebrew word kabash, and it means to dominate the earth through conquest. Contrary to what some believe, this word expresses the idea of taking control of the earth by force. Life in this world is and always has been a challenge for us to overcome from the first day of Adam's fall. However, God made us in his image an exact likeness, a copy of something in the sense of a replica of the original. In this instance, it refers to the image as a presentation of the deity. Nothing else in all creation compares to God's creation of his own image, mankind. Not even the angels compare to God's people, as none of them have the creative ability that God has placed in us. We are the apple of his eye. Have you ever asked yourself, why did the Son of God also come as the Son of Man? He is our example, the replica how man should be one with God the Father. In uh, John 14, 8 through, 8 through 14, Philip said to the Lord, Lord, show us the Father, it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does this works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Now listen to this in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, you know, that tells you that as the Son of Man, God in the Son of Man. So Jesus, basically, as the Son of God and the Son of Man, was acting in all these signs, all these wonders, because God was in him, he was acting as the Son of Man with authority. Now, knowing that we are the image of God and exact likeness, does it not make sense that we should operate as he does? As a replica of, replica of God, should we not do as he has done? 
If this is the case, how does God create? How does he create things? Throughout Genesis chapter 1, we read that God spoke all things into existence with the exception of man, whom he formed. However, he just speaks it is was just speaking it enough. No, we find that the rest of the story explained is explained in uh, Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word, that word there's rhema of God, so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. It is through this truth we discover that God spoke rhema or spoken word, things which are non-existent into existence by faith as his replicas we should do should we do no less romans 12 3 says for i say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but think soberly as god has dealt to each one a measure of faith see faith is part of god dwelling in you along with the holy spirit Faith is there. It's a seed planted into you. Should God's children mimic their father? Well, let's just look at something here. The, the devil's children mimic him. We discover this in John 8, 42 starts. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you understand, not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. You are of your father, the devil, and desire the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? The word, uh, he who is of God hears God's rhema words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Church, Acts 17, 28 tells us we are a people created to live, to breathe, and have our being in God the Father. Faith is part of who he is, and as his children, we should be no different. We are the replica. Hebrews 11.6 tells us this, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To over overcome this world, we must realize that our only limitations in life are the ones we place upon our own God-given creative abilities of faith. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Should anything be too hard for us? I think not. Let your what-ifs become reality and dare to dream. However, however, is everything that we dream profitable? No, not all things or dreams are profitable. We find this out as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6.12, everything is permissible, allowable, and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful good for me to do, expedient, profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful, lawful for me, but I will not become a slave to anything or brought under its power. How do we know what is profitable and what is unprofitable? 
We measure it by a gauge. What gauge is that? Love and compassion. In Galatians 5, 6, Paul wrote this, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working, energized, empowered um, by love. Jesus is the manifestation of God's love and compassion for mankind. The people of Baal, for example, wanted to build a tower to heaven. Could they build it? Well, yes, they could. How do you figure? Well, Genesis eleven six says this, The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language, and this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Would it be profitable? No. We all know today what happens when you build a, 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 a tower high enough that you run out of oxygen and die. If we want to be profitable, if we want a profitable dream, we first measure what we want to the uh, love gauge. And then we need to seek God, for he is the giver of profitable dreams and visions. This, I believe, is what prompted our dear brother, the Apostle Paul, to later declare in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, empowers me. As he declares, should we seek or declare anything less? What are your dreams? Do you believe you can create them into reality? Do doubts and unbelief stand in the way? Doubts and unbelief are the giants in your life that stop you from obtaining all that God wants you to obtain and fulfill as his child. Matthew thirteen fifty four says this, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Sometimes we need to separate ourselves from the doubt and the unbelief coming from others. We need to be slow to share what God's dream and vision is in our life, to do to limit the distractors from really talking negative and telling us, oh, that's impossible. If you want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and create like you were designed to do, then sometimes you need to separate yourself from even the closest. Child of God, I leave you this week with this truth. In John's 4, starting in John's 1 John 4, 4 through 6, you are from God, little children, you have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of the truth and the spirit of error. If you enjoy and grow with these messages... Please share them with those that need to hear. And until next week, have a blessed week.